0: It's Saturday morning! Keep your favorite footy pajamas on, and get your favorite bowl of cereal ready, and a large glass of Ovaltine, curl up on the couch, and watch your favorite cartoons, because we're talking animated horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast.
1: Attention planet Earth and beyond! Stay tuned for Attack of
2: the Killer
0: Hello and welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 288 of Attack of the Killer podcast. We're going to be doing animated horror on this show, so we're going to be talking about different horror films that are done in in complete animation. We like cartoons. Cartoon time, yes, that's right. So... If this is your first time listening, Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together with a topic and we discuss films within that topic. Now we're all just friends hanging out, having a good time, talking horror films, and so there may be spoilers. Be warned. Did you know we have a Patreon? That's right, we do. That sounds cool. It is cool. Although, we don't like to call it Patreon, all right? See? Where normal Patreon, you know, connects content creators with their existing fans. Ours is so much more. Supporting our show, you become an attacker. And when you become an attacker.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That sounds neat.
0: It is neat because Uh when you become an attacker, not only do you get more content than most other podcasts out there you also become part of the attack of the killer podcast family. Your support helps keep the show going and growing. And we are so grateful that we want to thank you with a bunch of stuff, get you more attack of the killer podcast in your life. You can get such a massive amount of content, such as early access to the show by weekly bonus episodes, our YouTube shows Video updates, killer critiques, Insane Mike's Women in Top 10 list. I heard that's a cool show. You can get exclusive (laughs) invites to our monthly horror hangout, our watch parties, even our chat called Attack of the Killer chat. How clever. You can get your own membership card, certificate, sticker. You can get your own Attack of the Killer podcast t-shirt. You can even get original art by me where I draw you as a monster of my choice. It's called Mikey's Monsters. That's a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. But there's more. You can even get shout-outs, like on the website and on the show. What? Just like all of these amazing attackers that Tad's going to tell you about right now.
2: We have Timothy Lennerer, Roman Doppelfeld, Larry Wantanaby, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Godsell, Stefan Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Muller, Rod Hutchinson, Carmen DeHaig, Abraham Ariano, Jacob Book, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kellerman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talshoma, Marcus Rude, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Holly Berg, Emily Randolph, Bill Fisher, and Greg Dietrich. Our newest one. Woo! Greg. Newest. Old, newest attack. attacker, but old friend. That's and Supporter right. of the show. Thanks, Greg. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Love you. All you guys.
0: So go to the website, jointheattackers.com. There you can pick the tier of your choosing and become an attacker today. That website again
4: is
0: (gasps) jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He was part of a global peace campaign to bring American culture to the Middle East. He decided the Flintstones would be a good start. However... The people in Dubai didn't get it, but the people in Abu Dhabi
3: do. Jason! Oh my god. (laughs) You haven't stretched that hard for a pun. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. My goodness.
0: He's currently investigating the murder of a really bad animator. It's a hard case because the details are really sketchy.
2: Tad! (laughs) Hey guys, that one wasn't as much of a stretch at all.
0: He's really into Canadian animation lately, but he calls it Anna, A, Andy.
5: Hey everybody, thanks for listening. (laughs) Poser.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So
0: we here at Attack of the Killer podcast work really hard to provide you the best entertainment that we can provide, but what entertains us? What do we like? Hmm. Let's find out. Here's Tad with what we watched. What?
2: We watched. All right, Jason, I want to hear what you've watched.
3: Well, uh we watched this movie called The Special. Yeah? Yeah, that was a watch party. Chosen oh. by Hot Rod Hutchinson.
2: I was going to say, it sounds familiar, but I was not there.
3: You were not. Oh, you guys missed out. It was pretty good.
2: I I heard from my wife, who was...
3: <laughs> I can't believe she... Yeah, she's... Yeah, it was <laughs> a movie. Thanks, Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been on a Michael Shannon kick, and nice. I thought that I'd uh, just, you know... Just watch even heavier, nastier, more depressing shit. So I watch this the little mini series, Waco: The Aftermath. Oh man. wow! Yeah, going dark. Yeah, and it's actually great. Um, it's got him, John Leguizamo, Giovanni Rabisi. Um, it's fantastic. I think there's like f- five episodes or so. It's um, it's great. Uh, it's obvious, obviously, all about Waco, and then a lot about um, the Oklahoma City bombing. But Michael Shannon, he's a stud as always. Um, Michelle and I watched Super Mario Brothers just the other night. That was really fun. Sweet, finally got to see that Loved Mario show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 one I'm excited, I finally did get to see because. All y'all won't shut up about it. I'm like, I couldn't take it anymore. I saw (laughs) Evil Dead Rise.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, sweet. Cool.
3: Yeah, it it was pretty good. I don't know if you heard that yet, but I know I'm late. (laughs) But uh, hey, turns out y'all were right. It's really good. Damn skippy. I liked it a lot. And that's what I watched.
2: All right. Andy,
5: what have you watched? Uh, Well, tell you the truth, nothing new. I've been revisiting some uh, classics. Uh, I watched The Prowler. Love seeing that guy's head get turned into pie filling. That's (laughs) gross. Awesome. Uh, I think uh, uh, Scream Factory needs to get on the ball and uh, give us a Blu-ray 4K with a uh, Prowler action figure with the pitchfork Yes. You know, if they're doing Harry Warden, man, they got to do Rosemary's (laughs) Killer, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, I rewatched. It's it's kind of I'm kind of like with you know how Mike is with uh, Neon Maniacs, he like puts it in to go to bed and and (laughs) it lulls him to sleep. I'm a uh, and we we watched it on the show because I requested it, but uh, I'm a Highway to Hell guy
0: oh with, uh, cool yeah re-
5: i've been rewatching that i like rewatched it <laughs> twice my wife's just like are you watching this again I'm like yeah one.
3: <laughs> i might um, see something new
5: but uh yeah just the uh chadlow uh all the stillers apparently yeah um and just yeah Gilbert I just, like, is that's Hitler. Just a, exactly it's just a fun movie it's it's always fun to revisit um I also watched with my wife the whole series of The Muppets Mayhem, which is oh, cool. just wholesome and adorable and a lot of fun.
0: Muppets um, rule. Huh? Muppets rule.
5: Oh, uh, well, of course they do. Yeah. Um, It gives a lot of backstory about the band that you never knew about. Um, and let's see. Uh, I've been catching up. Uh, all, I'm all caught up with uh, Yellow Jackets and that. That show is just so fun. No, no and, spoilers
2: because I'm two weeks behind on it. Oh, okay,
5: yeah. I, uh, no, no, I won't. I won't say anything. But it's it's still, it's still got you know me. It holds me captive, you know. Each with each episode, plus you know, nostalgic '90s stuff is you know always always good stuff. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. um it's not a movie per se, but I did watch a performance. 'Cause for my wife and I's anniversary we went we went to a live showing of Whose Line Is It Anyway. Ooh. <gasps> oh lucky. And yeah, and Ryan Stiles was there. Uh, oh man. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was such a good time. And the the guy that kinda has like the high pitched voice, I believe his name is Greg Greg Proops. Yeah with yep. the, the glass he was there. Oh I love and, him too proops. And Joel Murray, uh, Bill Murphy Ooh, Bill Murray. Right. <laughs> Interesting. And it That's was awesome. it was a oh, it was a blast. It was awesome. Um was Colin uh, Mockery say there, this? Though? No, he was not. Oh. And they and they made fun of him for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny too. Um they you know, they did all the classic skits with the pause and um uh, let's see, they did a hoedown at the end as an encore, which was hilarious. Um but yeah, Ryan's Ryan Stiles never a dull moment with that guy. He is no. he's still just as awesome as he ever was. Um,
0: I saw, I saw. It wasn't who, whose line is it anyway? But it was a two, it was a two man show tour of Colin Mockery and gosh dang it, one of the other guys. Wayne that, Brady? Not Wayne Brady. One of the other like one of the other like fourth seaters that usually. Yeah. That usually is there quite a bit. I wish I could remember his name. I don't... But it was an amazing show. But the greatest improv game ever is the most dangerous improv game in the world. Where they lay, like... They they blindfold themselves. They, they play the alphabet game where each sentence... They, they go back and forth and each sentence starts with the next letter in the alphabet. Um... And laid across, the, they're barefoot, and laid across the entire stage is like 200, 300 mouse traps, And then dangling from the ceiling on strings is about another 50 or so mouse traps, And you don't even hear what they're saying. It's just, it's so, it doesn't even matter what they're saying. They're doing this bit, but they're, and it's just so, it's so freaking funny. And when, I, when we saw him, like, Colin would cheat. He'd lift up his mask and take one of the uh, mouse traps and throws it at the other guy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hysterical. You can see some of the clips of this game on YouTube from other performances that they've done.
2: They've come to, like, Des Moines and, and pretty close, and it's, always, it's, like, never worked with my schedule. And it's just always killed yeah. me because I want to see him mm-hmm. live.
5: I, I will say this is when they, when they came out there, and I'm pretty sure this is part of their stick. Is that they all the surrounding states that they say they have to go to like later on they're throwing them underneath the bus. So I'm sure like <laughs> just, he, the like Greg Proops came out there was like it's good to be in Omaha, Nebraska because we got to be in fucking Bismarck tomorrow, you know, so, which <laughs> makes Omaha seem like Paris, France. You know? um, so I'm pretty sure like once they got out of Omaha they were just like yeah we were just in fucking Nebraska you know <laughs> right but yeah. um. Yeah, a fabulous, fabulous show, and a great way to celebrate my fourth anniversary. So, mm. um, with with the with the wife, that's ate a awesome. great Omaha steak, which was very tasty.
2: In Omaha, um, an Omaha steak.
5: That's right. Um, also, at just last night, this might be another uh, couple times watching just to drive my wife up the wall. I started watching uh, Slumber Party Massacre Two, sweet which, you know, with. Yeah, Crystal Bermanade, you got, like, I don't know, like, Richard Grieco cosplaying as Andrew Dice Clay as the killer. <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs>
2: They show that on, like, the, the Shudder channel, like, all the time. Like, I swear you can throw, you know, one of their three live channels on, and it's like, there's Slumber Party Massacre 2. I've seen it so many times, just, but starting at different parts, you know.
0: <laughs> That's one of Brandy's all-time favorites. She can quote it I got, constantly. like, a,
2: when I... When
5: I uh, was getting horror boxes, little box of horrors, they gave me like a uh, 3D printed version of that guitar. I've seen that. With, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I just, I had like an old McFarlane Jason Voorhees. Yeah, That's what he's
2: playing. That's, that's where what I've seen it. Now. I, I was <laughs> like, where did I see it? Oh, Andy had the picture of G- right. <laughs> yeah. his action figure, yeah. an action figure it's... playing it. I'm like, where the fuck did you yeah. get that?
5: Yeah, yeah. It was just I thought it was so cool. I was just like, What a, you know, very unique, you know, uh you know, a little trinket, you know. It's just like that's awesome. I'm I'm definitely displaying that. But
2: like anyway, twenty that's what tw- I watched. Like like twenty years ago at our mall, some dude bought out like a bunch of video stores and he'd travel with like his tapes and bring them as like a flea market type thing for a weekend.
1: Nice. And
2: every day they got you know, they, he knocked the price down. So he, he came on like a Friday or something and would leave like on, you know, Sunday night was the last night. Uh, So like it, the first day it was like regular price. Second day it was like half off the tapes. And the third day it was like 75% off, but you risked losing, you know, the good stuff. Cause this, this was like yeah. pre, you know, I mean, DVDs might've been just coming out, but VHS were still, they weren't uh, a niche, like cool thing yeah. like they are now. That was just the way you still watch movies. And I I remember, finding that one and obviously they were like so dirt cheap i was just grabbing everything horror and i had never seen it but the cover alone i was like oh this is awesome and i still <laughs> have a lot of those i still have a lot of those tapes because they're the old clamshell type ones and uh oh, I have, nice. a, yeah i have a copy of halloween i think texas chainsaw and a few other like classics from that uh sale that were just i don't think i ever watched them just having the the vhs tapes was cool but I always think whenever I think of that movie, I just remember that that like summer that guy came and it was like bliss. Like I, I couldn't even I wasn't even like I was no, I wasn't even old enough to drive yet, so it must have been like twenty something years oh. old. So like, you know, dad would have to take me out and I would just like save up my money or just had money saved up and just blowing it all on VHS tapes. Good times. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Have I asked it? Uh, Mike? Have you?
0: No. No, nope, haven't asked me yet. What well, uh, Mike?
2: What have you watched? Oh,
0: thanks. Um, only, I only haven't really had chance to watch too much lately. But uh, uh, Simon and I were super excited that uh, Rick and Morty season three is finally streaming, or season six. Why did I say? Three. Season three is finally. Or see, I did it again. Ah, oh, Rick and Morty season six is finally streaming. So we marathon that in one night, you know, which is easy to do. It's only like twelve episodes, twenty minutes long. Oh, we love it! It's so funny. It's so it's it's, you know got got that crude humor that you get from like you know South Park and stuff, but it's just so much smarter than all of it. So we love it. We marathon that, and then uh, just the other night, Simon and I watched um, Bullet Train. I hear that's
3: three point five stars from Tony.
2: Sorry, oh, yeah, all right. they just did that on their podcast, right? Oh, did
0: they? I yeah. didn't, oh, nice! I'll, I'll have to check that episode out. I haven't listened to that one yet. Anyway, but uh, yeah, speaking of, uh, that's fun, Michael movie, Shannon. I mean. But it's oh, it's a lot of fun. You have, have you seen it? Oh yet? yeah, okay, It's awesome. Yeah, it was so we loved it. It was so much fun. It's like it's like everything we w- we want in an action movie. You got that. You know, got that mystery element. You got the. You got some good comedy. You got that. Um, high octane camera work and
2: what was and the the duo's names mm.
0: uh tangerine and lemon
2: yes the they, they, yeah. the absolute best part of the whole movie oh yeah i was i was <laughs>
0: sincerely upset every time they died <laughs> just, they, <laughs> it felt like they just kept dying throughout the whole movie but yeah but when it was official i was i was legitimately upset some cool little cameos in there too you know oh, yeah. which was fun and Oh, just in love, like, all the backstories and how things intertwine and all that. And it's good. Really good. Really good. I need to follow that director more because apparently, you know, he directed Knives Out and he directed uh, uh, Deadpool 2, so mm-hmm. and you could totally tell. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all I
3: have watched. I wonder what Tad's been watching.
2: Oh, I, I know you're making it a nice segue, but uh, I think you all know with the film festival two months away, what the <laughs> hell I've been watching. Uh, but uh, because no one else had mentioned it, uh, I guess I got to throw out the the Joe oh, Bob, Joe movies. Bob Yeah. So. so he showed, uh, I'm trying to think of it. This week he showed The Mutilator, which uh, I've seen yes. several times and love. And it's like a love perfect that. Joe Bob. like the Fall break, right? Yep, <laughs> yeah. and just falls. It's like the perfect, you know, last drive-in. Joe Bob, just a typical movie that would fit That's right a great into movie. his. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so much fun with him. And then he follows it with Possession, which I had never seen. I have to get out. Of that I need one. to see that. Such a no, weird you don't. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I think you do need to see it just to see. Say you saw it once to get it out of the way. It's it's good, but again, it's like heavy, heavy shit. And kind of, yeah, real du- real downer yeah oh, and, yeah and I feel like we I don't know the season with Joe Bob's been weird because it was uh he did like a mom's day theme the week before and it was like uh the Baba Duke and uh the mothers which was like an uh exploitation jungle movie uh yes. so he's he's done like uh, funny, typical Joe Bob crazy movie, and then followed by like a serious, deep movie. He did, uh, you know, Tigers Are Not Afraid uh, a few weeks ago, oh, and it's just like it's so good. It's so good, but it's it's hard to. I mean, Joe Bob does a great job of handling it, but it's just he's been doing this like uh, yin and yang type thing where it's like crazy movie and very dark, serious, good artsy type movie, and I, I'm all for it. The fan base is sort of split, um, but. I had never seen Possession. Uh, I'm glad I saw it. I don't know if seeing it with Joe Bob the first time is the best way to see it. Cause I mean, maybe it is cause it gives you a little bit of a break from this <laughs> fucking sadness. Yeah. Uh, yep. and, and hearing like it, it, he's, he almost comes in to remind you that it's a movie and these people aren't actually, you know, getting fucking fucked up. It's like that, you know, it's like that they're acting and what went behind the scenes and stuff. But, uh, That and I I mentioned it. I don't remember. It was probably off mic, but um, watched Serial Mom at the Capitol for Mother's Day weekend, uh, and got to see our old friend uh, Brett from Brett and Tony's Ashenabe. And props to him for bringing his mom to Serial Mom, (laughs) Um, and she was probably the laughing the loudest in the crowd. So you know we know where Brett gets his sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you know got Mr. Godsil was sitting right next to me, and we uh, we all had such a good time. It was. It was my uh, first time seeing it on the big screen, and it's just so so much fun with a group. Uh, so that's what I watched.
0: I I love Serial Mom. I mean, I'm just a huge John Waters fan. And I can't remember what podcast I was listening to Serial Mom got brought up, and how it's, like, so different from John Waters' early work, and it's it's more, you know, it's more, you know, Mainstream, family friendly or whatever, but it's not. No, it, there's still no. a lot there's still a lot of John Watersness in it. And I had forgotten that and when the girls were younger we all sat down and watched it together and I'm like, Oh crap. I, <laughs> as things were happening, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. There's a band called the Camel Toes.
2: Yeah, and, and they have <laughs> giant camel toes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or there's a lot of like references to like Russ Myers movies and Yeah and uh um, you know, guy jerking off to giant, you know, booby women. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. So,
3: but it has Don Knotts in it, so <laughs> <laughs> it should be wholesome.
2: Matthew Lillard's first movie. Was that his first movie? Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping in with I guess both you could, feet, man. I guess you could tell because he's not spitting in this one. He had not developed that part of his acting technique yet. All right, so let's get into some animated movies. Speaking of Shaggy, uh, yeah, let's get into some cartoon movies here. Jason, what is the first movie we're going to be talking about tonight?
3: The first movie is a pretty cool ass movie. It's from 2013, and it's called Extraordinary Tales. Christopher Lee, Bella Lugosi, Julian Sands—they uh, narrate five tales adapted from Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Um, I hadn't seen this before, and it was great. Some dates say 2015 of the release, so, but it's an animated film, and it's uh, Guillermo del Toro's in it. as a narrator. It's got everybody. I didn't even know these guys were still alive.
2: Rest in peace, Julian Sands.
5: Yeah. He went missing, I believe, when yeah, he went did hiking. They f- did they finally yeah. find him?
2: No, but uh, that, you know, I mean, okay. the yeah. idea, they haven't found him in like four yep. months, so yeah.
5: Not I think good. he went missing like shortly after he was at Texas Fright because I saw him there, so... Mm.
3: It's a neat little anthology. There's a really cool little wraparound with this little raven at this graveyard, and um, I, I believe all five—the uh, animations—different in all of them.
0: Yeah, which is mm-hmm. one of the things I really yeah. liked about
5: it is the different animation styles. So, great. so cool.
3: Very cool. Have any of you guys seen this before?
5: Nope. I watched it a few a few years back, but it was nice to revisit it. And uh, I think it, to the best of my estimation, it follows the original Poe stories uh, a lot closer. Because, you know, I was, you know, my first introduction, because I, I never read Poe, other than some of the poetry. But my first, you know, exposure to the actual stories were the uh, Roger Corman films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't really exactly, you know, follow no. the stories, you know, to the to the T. And I'm assuming oh, that they witchy. do because they're vastly they're vastly different. I mean, they're similar, but, um, yeah. I mean, just like the different animation, like you know, particularly, I almost had to laugh when I watched the Fall of the House of the Usher because like Roderick Usher is like seven and a half feet tall and he's got like this little Danny DeVito guy you know <laughs> looking after him but um uh but th- they're all really you know well told and the I particularly uh um I was getting strong strong Sin City vibes from the Telltale Heart mm-hmm. the way that it was animated
0: yeah that was and in I my was notes. just like
5: I was just like man I'm digging this you know it's like all they got to do is add a little color and then they did when he was you know getting them Uh, boarded up, so I really, I was just like, I mean, it even works as a story, the way that they presented it, it even works as a story that could be presented in Sin City if it was a little bit more, (laughs) you know, grittier, and a little bit more hard-boiled, you know, in that sort of, you know, film noir sort of sense, but um, yeah, yeah, really, really well done, and you know, uh, with the case of Mr., uh, what's, uh, Valdemar, Uh, Valdemar, you know, of course, you know, they got to have, they had a guy just, you know, purposely drawn to look like Vincent Price, in my
3: opinion. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, great storytelling all around. I like the wraparound, you know, with, uh, with Poe, you know, because all his stories are, are just, you know, I don't, you know, why are we drawn to stories of such, you know, misery, you know, because you look back at, at Poe and his life in general, it was just always just miserable shit. Mm-hmm. Just, he's so heartbroken and he's just so just grim and bleak, but we, we all love him for some odd reason. Um, <laughs> if he knew how much people loved him, you know, he probably wouldn't have been so, felt so damn bad. But, yeah. um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, it was very nice, uh, revisiting this one.
0: Well, this was a first time watch for me. Um, but i had i had it has caught my attention a lot uh s- scrolling through shutter over the years so um it was like one of the first ones i wanted to do for this episode uh but yeah i love how each one has its own different animation style they couldn't have picked a better selection of narrators um all of them i could just listen to them read me the phone book you know um And for those of you out there, the phone book used to be something you'd get in the mail (laughs) that had everybody's phone numbers listed in it. junk mail. (laughs) Anyway, but, uh, my favorite one, uh, out of this was Tall Tale Heart, which is my favorite post story anyway. But yeah, I loved the animation in it. The, the, just the sharp contrast of black and white just looked, was so gorgeous. And yeah, me too. Definitely gave me Sin City vibes. Um. And I liked how they used old Bela Lugosi um, footage of him reading uh, *Telltale tell hear Heart* the as the narrator. And
5: pops from the vinyl, of, like it what was coming th- from a Victrola or something. Oh
2: yeah, so cool,
5: so cool.
0: Very cool. I thought it—I thought it was a little off-putting at first because of the contrast and how clean-looking the animation was versus the the pops and crackles and you know just the bad you know audio of the Bela Lugosi stuff. But definitely grew on grew on me and ended up really liking it and and do appreciate uh you know that old-timey sound with that audio and just hearing bella just get into you know emotionally get into those scenes there towards the end when you know he's freaking out about hearing the heartbeat and stuff so good um so the facts in the case of mr uh, valdemar um which was that's the one that was narrated by Gillian Sands it, it starts off with like these comic book frames at the beginning, yeah, was it just me or it's probably just me because I have to turn everything into George Romero, but does it this uh, almost felt like a George Romero tribute to me because that beginning really felt creep showish, and the facts in, in the case of Mr. Valdemar is the same post story that Romero did in the movie Two Evil Eyes. Well, so, of
2: course, I mean, we all knew that.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if it was a tribute or not, or I'm just going to tell myself that it was because everybody should be doing a tribute to George Amaro. But, yeah, it's a great, great movie. So glad to finally get to see it.
2: Yeah, first time watch for me. Really don't have too much to add. I mean, I just, uh, I mentioned earlier in what we watched, I've been watching a lot of uh Snake Alley shorts getting ready for the festival so it's that's it's sort of already in that mode of like this this feels like, you know, a bunch of short shorts, animated yeah. put together but it feels cohesive as well because it's it's not jarring that they switch animation styles from one to the next cuz no. they're all like it, it's like if i don't dig one another kind is you know another something else and i just i love seeing all the variety and seeing interpretations and the voices and just – it felt like, yeah, a cool old – like something you'd throw on in October. It'd be like, mm. really, you know, yeah. light some candles and yeah. get the atmosphere going and throw this get on. It's so, Yes, yes. And, uh, I mean, like I said, not much else to add. I just – I really enjoyed it. Really cool.
3: The five stories were the telltale heart, the pit and the pendulum, Fall the house of usher, the facts in the case of M. Voldemar and the Mask of the Red Death. And did you know Roger Corman was in it? Was in this? I oh, remember him
5: seeing him like, yeah, listed he, as... He
3: played Prince Prospero in The Mask of the Red Death. Oh, okay, cool. So that's neat, too. But Oh, man, Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. he, could just, he could just whatever he wants. I know, right? Oh, listen. <laughs> so good. And like you said on Shudder, definitely should check it out.
2: While watching this, I just kept thinking like Andy could just narrate this whole thing. They could have saved themselves. I know, <laughs> had it, just in character from one to the next. Okay, read this one as Christopher Lee. Okay, now we need a Bella Lugosi. You could just nail it, yeah. I don't drink. Why?
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, there we go. Tad, uh huh. Ted,
2: do you have any? Actually, tribute? I'd rather say
5: Karloff. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: there's a little bit of trivia um, uh, during the pit and the pendulum segment, um, and this might not even be. This isn't even like an Easter egg. It's pretty apparent. Uh, the hole that forms in the in the floor of the narrator cell is in the shape of the uh, blaze pendulum, which is sort of cool. But that's literally huh. the only like real. The other stuff that they listed as trivia is just like. This was narrated by this person. Like, well, yeah, we know that it's in the <laughs> credits. So, what,
0: what I would like to know would, would would have made good trivia. So, anybody out there that knows this, put it in IMDb. Um, where that original Bela Lugosi, uh audio came from? Like, was it recorded for like some album or or like an old radio show or something? I don't know. It'd be cool to it'd be cool to learn where that came from.
5: I know I've heard Christopher Walken recite The Raven. That would have been nice for this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did it was it really him or was it you t- looking in the mirror as Christopher Walken? No. Right.
5: <laughs> no, I've actually I've actually heard him, you know, re- recite it, you know. Knowing he's... you,
2: it was probably live too. You you saw him at some random thing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, some film fest <laughs> and they hired they they brought him as a guest and he read poems. <laughs> <laughs> You, I suddenly, mean, you, you're the last person to see Julian Sands alive, so...
4: Well,
5: well there was a few other people at Texas I <laughs> um,
2: Yeah, I was going to say, is the police in, they interrogating
5: you, rap- you yet? <laughs> <laughs> As if someone gently tapping. <laughs> tapping at my chamber door. <laughs> Okay, let's let's move on. Yes, please.
0: <laughs> All right, Andy, what's the next movie?
5: Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm probably going to need a little bit of help describing <laughs> this one, but this one is called The Spine of Night.
1: Bloom is the last light of the gods. The sacred bloom traveled, and my dreams traveled with it. It is unspeakable power. Whatever you dream, you will have. It's too late to change what has happened. But not too late to change
3: what will be. Why bring me here?
1: We all have masters to serve. She will know sorrow.
4: Our people have suffered long enough.
5: Ultra-violent epic fantasy set in a land of magic follows heroes from different eras and cultures battling against a malevolent force. This has the uh, voice talents of Lucy Lawless and Patton Oswalt. This uh, particular animation is probably my, just me personally, my favorite kind because it reminds me a lot of heavy metal and the wild, the way that was yeah, yeah. yeah that rotoscope that it animation yeah. It, exactly <coughs> yeah it's just it's it's kind of my it's it's my thing um it basically follows uh these uh they call her the the swamp witch i believe and um her name uh lucy lawless voices this uh this very naked all the time gal uh named <laughs> zod And um, she's, uh, this, you know, and I'm not trying to be a pig here, but um, this movie had to be written by a woman because this is all about, you know, who owns, you know, who has her sacred scarf and they won't give it back. So no (laughs) amount of bloodshed should be said, you know, spilt, excuse me, uh, over an article of clothing. But anyway, it's um, basically (laughs) she holds the powers of this mother swamp, as far as I can tell. And it's most of the powers are in this uh, sort of, I, I guess it's this blue boa made out of uh, flowers, you know? Uh, and she wears it around her neck and she can conjure spells with it. And whoever has it, you know, has the power. And originally she's, she's helped out, uh, what was the guy's name? The, was it the guardian? who, uh, helped her, uh, yes, and who eventually turns on her and steals this, uh, steals her scarf, and, um, yeah, this is very, very hard to describe, so you're gonna have to bear with me, (laughs) and, um, basically rules the land, you know, kind of like that, it's just, uh, it's your typical, uh, you have to defeat the evil overlord that betrayed you, and, um, you know, you got to come back and, you know, take, take the power back because the power in the wrong hands is just absolutely awful. But it's, this has got a heck of a lot of bloodshed in it. It's got like this, this priest that just reminded me so much of, uh, oh God, his name escapes me now. Um, the guy from, uh, uh, Swedish dude from Blade Runner, um, Rucker Hauer. Yes. Yes, the priest guy with the long fingernails in this. He okay. invited me at Rutger Hauer. Um
0: Oh, yeah, okay.
5: Um but lot lots of blood, lots of blood in this and it's uh like I said, it's my um uh my kind of animation and it just it reminded me of a lot of the the like uh, the animated movie Fire and Ice.
2: Yes. Which is uh yeah, and I it's, felt that too.
5: Uh, yeah, and it's you know that it's very, uh, you know, and I love like Frank Frazetta's art artwork, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like because you know he he's responsible. When you think of the image of Conan the Barbarian, you immediately go to Frank Frazetta's you know artwork that he put on all those pulp novels, um, which I have. I should probably show those off sometime, um, but. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting story. I feel like you need to watch it a second time, though, to really maybe grasp what's going on a little bit better. But I, I enjoyed it. I just wish I could kind of track what's going on a little bit better than I did the first time. What, what, do, what do you guys think?
2: I liked the animation style. I loved that there was lots of gore. Um, but I just, this like fantasy type story is not my thing. I think that was the only downfall for me was just like this time period in this world that it, they put it in. I just, it did not interest me. And, and it's, whether it's live action or this, I, I don't think I, I don't recall, but I don't think I was uh, very complimentary of heavy metal. Um, mm-hmm. just, just not my style. It, it makes me think of like, I don't know, like Dungeons and Dragon people, and I don't know I mean, a little bit of uh, Road Warrior, but um, Mad Max, but just not my not my thing. Not a bad movie. I mean, it's actually pretty pretty cool visually. It's just not my. It's thing. well done. Yeah, very well done. I, like you said, with the, the animation style is really cool, and uh, it does not shy away from getting nice and violent, which was cool. Uh, I just. Oh think yeah. That the the time period in the story just did not do it for me
3: um for me i liked uh, uh so i like fantasy films a lot and um yeah the animation's cool even though it's you know it's a little cheaper version of heavy metal animation wise but you know you get used to it pretty fast it's it's neat um Super fucking gory. I mean, they're just cutting people in half and showing it, and mm-hmm. ripping faces off and shit. It's awesome.
5: Male nudity too. <laughs> yep, little lots of lots of little <laughs> pe- <laughs> lots of little
2: animated penises. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Jason and I were talking about this yesterday, and like I said that uh, I feel sorry for the guy whose job was to animate a. Uh, Animate all those swinging dongs twenty-four frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: uh, um, I guess <clears throat> how I would, I mean, I'm sure this, I'm sure. <clears throat> so, um, so it's a really good uh, world builder. It's uh, you know, it's su- super nerdy in its um, fa- fantasy and lore, but oh man to the guy off the street which is me also like i it's too it's way too much i can't you know er, everyone's just got the the weird names and the weird lore and the you're just you're just so fucking nerdy <laughs> that i can't fucking stand it it's it's so it comes off like way overwritten it's like it's not meant for consumption by any means for any kind of, a lot of people, like I'm sure it was a great book or could be a good fantasy book, you know, for people who like that, but it's just, it is way over there on content being too much. I'm trying to be nice. I'm sure people love this movie. I I like it. It's just way too much, way too overwritten for me
0: yeah i do love the rotoscope and animation you know some of the stuff that you see in heavy metal fire and ice was mentioned but this isn't heavy metal or fire and ice um i didn't hate it you know and i'm not angry at it you know there's a lot that i liked i personally feel like the animation style is great the art itself felt lazy at times, like when you see the. So they also try to. It almost feels like it's a singular story, really, but they also give it, try to give it like an anthology feel to it, because the um, swamp witch is talking. I don't even know who this other guy is with the rotted face that she's talking to throughout this whole movie. And then it's
5: basically the Indiana Jones and the last crusade guy protecting I, the flower.
0: I guess yeah. that's what I
5: got from it. He's like, he's the guy protected the grail.
0: See, and that kind of goes into what Jason was saying too. It's like where it's overly written, but not, but still not connectable.
3: You just go so hard at the lore that you forget it's something for normies or it's not. I don't, you know, I don't, that's okay. It doesn't have to be for everybody, but I just, it's
0: not for everybody. <laughs> there's just not enough within this world that yeah. it is connectable to keep me interested enough. I mean, all that blood and guts? The blood and guts definitely kept me interested. But here I'm sitting here trying to explain who, you know, this almost wraparound type of thing going on. And I can't because I don't know who this guy is with the rotted face that the Swamp Witch is talking to. You know, they would talk for a while and then it cuts back to the storyline. And I feel like they do this because there's like, there's no continuing main characters in this movie because once we get invested in a character, it, they get killed off or something else happens. Um.
5: Anyway. Can we all agree that... uh. When Patton uh, Oswald's character shows his face after he gets burned
3: off, that that looked <laughs> yeah, really awesome. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: m- when I was originally, you know, like an hour ago, I was trying. What I was trying to say <laughs> was Sorry. that no, 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 I'm making fun of myself because um, I keep going off on other tangents. But as far as like the art itself in this. Um, When you first see this guy, he's wearing some kind of mask, and it is like the least detailed mask-looking thing of all time. It's like four lines draws this mask, and there's no detail in it, and that's the kind of the stuff that bugged me. I mean, there's there's moments where I feel like the animation was great. My favorite part of the movie are those—I don't know who they were, but I'm calling them the the bird people— you know the guys with the glider wings and the bird skulls for masks like that was my favorite segment of this you know and just the total destruction they were causing and all again all the blood and gore and i thought their look was cool with these like long beaked bird skulls for masks um again practically naked but then like these glider pterodactyl type wing things and
2: high on a space cycle I mean, look, if you guys are listening to this and you haven't seen this movie, um, listen to our description. You're either going to, this will either pique your interest and go, that sounds like my thing, or you're going to be like me and just be like, this sounds dreadful. Because <laughs> explaining uh, it makes it even uh, worse for me. Like I, it's now I, I feel man. now I, now I feel like I like it even less somehow. Just <laughs> listening to you, Mike talk about it. If, if you want to go, oh, the guy with the bird beaks and, uh, and and the I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Ugh.
3: If you want to go balls deep in a we just, ancient, we just
2: we just gave away a, a bird
3: fantasy story, then this is great for you. But
2: yeah, it's just it's not my thing, guys. That's okay. Not You're everything. not a
5: sword and sorcery guy though,
2: Tad. No, I don't think I'm you ever have been. No,
0: no. I, I I'm watching it and I, well and I was actually almost nervous putting it on the list in the first place. I mean, I know you guys don't get hung don't get hung up on where things fit in the genre um, for the show, but uh but I was really questioning it and after watching it I'm like, yeah, why is this on shutter?
3: What? It's it's the goriest thing blood, we watched, yes. in the-
5: yeah it's the gnarliest thing on there
0: well yeah gourd isn't always horror did so. you just say what you s- no it's not
3: you get hung up on those labels way more than the rest of us yeah I'm yeah I'm sure it's more
2: of- this might be more of a thriller oh my God. See, okay so what you brought you it up. <laughs> you <brought it> up. <laughs> what tribute do you have for this one um, just one little thing again, um, due to the small crew that included a maximum of maximum of only four animators at any given time, the spine of night took seven years to make Holy and shit. felt like seven years to get through. Uh, <laughs> oh, it, wow. it I, I No, I started it's it so last harsh. night and I was falling asleep. So I had to pause it and then I forgot that I didn't finish it. So I started what I had to play it again at like six 30 and literally, the op- like the first name of the credits came on as I was logging in to record this. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it's tough, guys.
3: Seven years—that's too long. Yeah, yeah, for a movie to feel.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Tad. What's our next movie?
2: Our next movie is Coraline.
1: Hmm. Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. (laughs) A world more exciting than this. Uh But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. Parallel place. We've been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. Wow, what's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have b but buttons? Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true.
2: My name! But
1: you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. (gasps) She's got this whole world where everything's better, but it's all a trap. You may come out when you've learned to be a loving daughter. From Henry Selick, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, comes a world of extraordinary imagination. (laughs) Spooky secrets. Who are you? You're in terrible danger, girl. (gasps) And daring discoveries. I still have to find my parents (gasps) to set them free. This year, when adventure comes knocking. (laughs) Choo-choo! There are some doors <gasps> that should never be opened. I'm not scared! Coraline, written for the screen and directed by Henry Selick, presented in Real D 3D.
2: All right, Coraline, uh, directed again by Henry Selick, based on a story by Neil Gaiman. Uh, This is a Leica studio film. Um, While exploring her new home, a girl named Coraline discovers a secret door behind which lies an alternate world that closely mirrors her own, but in many ways is better. She rejoices in her discovery until other mother and the rest of her parallel family try to keep her there forever. Coraline must use all of her resources and bravery to make it back to her own family and life. Uh, I am absolutely team like a studios everything they've touched is gold for me uh i love this movie um i i don't put it at the top of my list like a lot of people i think this is like a lot of people's favorite from them i i think it's fantastic i love it it's beautiful it's well written it's well uh animated it's it's like this is right up my alley this is you know The perfect one for me. I I, I do like Paranorman a little better, but uh, I I like Paranorman, probably Box Trolls next, then this, maybe then Kubo, but uh, Missing Link. I mean, they're all having the worst like a movie is still better than (laughs) anything else. I love that studio. Uh, And this movie rules. Uh, Not my first time watch. Probably something, you know, I'll I'll watch every, at least every couple of years. Uh love it. I'm assuming everyone else has seen this before. I have, I have not. not. This uh, was this was a first time watch.
3: And Woo-hoo. me too. Me yeah. too. Three. Wow. Always meant to. I think I yeah. had owned it for years. I just never got around to watching it. So really happy to this time. Man, the fucking animation is so good.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like I could yeah. It was such a great watch. Just so, such a cool style, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Fanning was great. Ian McShane, Keith David, those baritones. I was, I mean. was going to yeah. say, the
2: Killer Cast, too. Yeah. Uh, Terry Hatcher Absolutely. was awesome. John Hodgman. It's
3: great.
0: I yeah. uh, loved it. This is a Neil Gaiman story, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. yes. So that's also really cool. Also another reason why or another reason why it's like weird i've never seen this before being a neil gainsman man um but yeah this this is definitely a lot of fun and uh yeah i'm i'm like you ted i think i you know Paranorman is probably my favorite of of the studio but uh um but they need to keep going they need to keep doing more because loved everything i've seen of theirs and i mean their stuff that's the projects they choose to do is right in our wheelhouse right in our sensibilities so uh this one's definitely no different um you know there's definitely a lot of bizarre outside the box storytelling elements going on here yet like it still kind of has a traditional story feel to it with the with where the direction of things go. But, and all the, you know, just because all this weirdo side characters are a lot of fun. Huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, this was great. I don't know what else to say. I know it's I, too um, good.
3: Go ahead, Andy, sorry.
5: The, oh, yeah, it's it's, it's cool. Um, the, this is what I like big on the podcast sometimes. Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, this him. is not a movie that I would have actively set out to watch but I'm so glad I did because I was so entertained by it you know other times you know there are other movies that you know I wouldn't actively <laughs> set out to watch that that Mike picks and let's be honest some of them are real shit bobs but this is not <laughs> one of those times. um I also got a lot of uh strong uh little monsters vibes from this Where, you know, you go, you know, where Fred Savage, he goes underneath his bed and he goes into this world where everything's so much better and you get to have so much, so much fun. Where, you know, Coraline has the door and her, you know, uh, cat tunnel or whatever that thing is. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, of course, you know, if you stay too long in this perfect, you know world that has this veneer of everything that's so great but underneath it's just absolutely awful you stay too long you're gonna pay you know a hefty price um then uh just i I love just and i love the animation everything everything looked great you know down to the 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 button-eyed father the the bad father i guess you know riding that giant uh (laughs) Praying mantis oh, through the yeah. through the guard. I mean, just just really innovative and cool stuff. And um, I will say this: I just I connected to it a little bit because Wybe uh, he looks like a lot like my nephews did at that age. I have twin <laughs> nephews, and they look exactly like that kid, wow. and they behaved like him too. They were angry, <laughs> and they had same skin tone, same hair. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's Titus and Asher, you
4: know,
5: and so I mean that just that just warmed my heart seeing that and um, but yeah and at times you know it's uh, even at times when it was trying to be cute it just looked really uber spooky it just I mean it re- it bothered me more than I thought it would seeing you know YB's face sewn into a smile
4: mm, in right
5: yeah like oh man what the hell dude come on um, but yeah all in all it's just a, it's a pretty darn good movie.
2: Did Good you,
3: gateway horror. Yeah. Did, but, oh yeah. But is this one even less horror than the last one, Mike? Do you worry about I'm, this one?
2: No, I feel no, like it's come there. Come on. No, this I, one, but not yeah.
3: the other one. What's all that?
0: Dude, she's being she's she's being persuaded by like a spider lady monster. Yeah. Okay. How much horror can you get?
2: Eyes buttons for eyes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you want to stab
5: needles into a child's eyes and keep her there. I'm just saying, like, this
0: spine of Night was just, was definitely just far more fantasy. That's all. Oh,
4: definitely. Yeah.
2: Cool. Uh, What trivia do you have for um, Coraline? Well, there's quite a bit on this one. Over 130 sets were built across 52 different stages at the studio, spanning 183,000 square feet. The 52 different stages were the most ever deployed for a stop-motion animated feature at that time. I imagine they probably beat their own record for... Uh, I, I, I've love watching... I have the actual books, too, like the hardcover art of oh, cool. uh, the books for most of their movies. I don't think I have this one, but I do have box trolls i have paranorman and kubo so i i imagine they have this one out there somewhere but uh watching the special features on these movies um is to me almost better than the movie itself uh like i remember when my niece was really young and she was getting into nightmare before christmas and then she really liked box trolls and it was like she ready for Coraline? And Paranorman, we watched them, and I was like, "She's like, that's really cool." I'm like, "Wait till you see this!" And showing her, like, <laughs> they do that thing where almost like they show them doing the stop motion, but they fast forward it, so you see the actual, you know, animators and puppeteers, and it's just mind blowing. Um, the on-screen snow was made from super glue and baking soda. Cool. Uh, there were 24 different puppets of Coraline used. Excuse me. In the making of the movie, each one took 10 individuals and three to four months to construct. Hmm. Um, initially, the film was going to be live action and Dakota Fanning was actually going to physically portray Coraline. Uh, when it was decided instead to make a stop motion animated film, Fanning was asked if she would still be interested in providing Coraline's voice. She said yes, as she thought it would be fun to do and grew even more excited when she saw what Coraline was going to look like. So I'd be curious. I mean, I don't ever see like other uh, animation studios, so they're not going to go the Disney route and remake (laughs) all their movies in live action. But uh, this, this could be like more nightmare fuel if it wasn't animated. True. Yeah. Dakota Fanning with a blue Bob haircut. (laughs) Yeah.
5: And yeah. Dressed like the Morton salt girl.
2: That's true. Yeah. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, awesome. So that's it for the animated films for this episode. Don't worry, though. There's still a lot more Attack of the Killer podcasts to come. We're going to take a quick break. and Yeah, I know, right? When we come back, we will have our segments portion of the show. First, you're going to hear a promo for our network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to over 40... Or 40... We're getting
4: there. Uh, but maybe by the time this, point, this comes out.
0: Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> 30 shows right now, um, including Screams from the Basement. Screams from the Basement with Sam and Casey is a bi weekly horror podcast in which two friends discuss all things horror, including new, recent watches, horror collectibles, and more. Check them out in all the shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back.
4: Welcome
0: back to the show. And now we want to hear from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with shoutouts.
3: It's time for shoutouts. Shoutouts.
4: Shoutouts. Shoutouts. Shoutouts.
3: All right. Well, this time we decided to ask just the attack of the killer chat. I mean, we planned it for weeks.
2: I was going to say, let's put it out there. You go ahead and uh, lift a curtain. Uh, Someone, me, dropped the ball and forgot to post about it over the weekend asking. So, uh, yeah, let's just move on, Jason.
3: Uh, I was trying to. You're the one. (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, so we had some folks in the killer chat. They uh, gave us some of their answers. We had Abe. He says Wolf House was a pretty... Trippy Spanish animated horror. Never seen Wolf House.
0: <laughs> no, I can't remember what it's on. Um, but it was on my um, on my list of possibilities for this episode.
3: He said the story was confusing but visually amazing. Sounds perfect. <laughs> he also says, "And if no one said it already, Mad God deserves yeah. some love." Love Mad God. We got old hot rod Hutchinson. He says Nightmare Before Christmas is my favorite, but Night of the Animated Dead wasn't too
0: bad. Nice. I was looking for that one. Couldn't find it. No. Have
3: have you seen it? No.
0: I hesitate because there's like three different Night Living Dead animated films, and I'm trying to make sure I know which ones are which.
3: And then that Tony guy, he says, <laughs> Frankenweenie, and Weenie, fight me all day on this. Okay.
2: Frank and Weenie rules. I just yeah, want to
3: fight him. It totally does. And then a lot of distraction, Tony being all mouthy later. That's pretty <laughs> much it in the chat. Oh, no.
2: T- Tony uh, said, and if no one said it already, Mad God deserves it. Yeah, someone. he so just he copied, copied and pasted it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yes, Tony.
3: Someone already said it. That's why I didn't say it. Okay.
2: A- and Tony also said, Abe sounds like a cool guy. We should hang out. That's true. He does. I, I shouldn't be reading his things because I'm encouraging <laughs> bad behavior. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you doing?
3: But we also do have a voicemail.
2: Woo! Hey everybody, Attacker
3: Brian here, and it sounds like this episode, the podcast crew, is covering animated horror. And I have a little one, and (laughs) I have other kids that are a little older, so we've been through Frankenweenie and (laughs) and Monster House and Paranorman Mormon Hotel Transylvania. We've been through that phase, and we're slowly moving to the phase where we get Spirited Away, which I saw last year at the Orpheum Theater. First time watched, love that one. And when you get really big and grown up, Get to watch some
2: Japanese animated horror like Wicked City, which is probably my favorite animated horror movie, and it's pretty bad shit. Crazy,
3: that is. (laughs) Enjoy some animated horror with your kids. Maybe not Wicked City,
5: maybe some paranormal or Monster House, something along those lines. And take care.
2: Bye bye.
3: Oh, Godzilla, I'm so sorry. (laughs) You ruined a good moment.
2: I did, I'm so sorry.
3: Anyway. What we do. You,
5: exactly. (laughs) Welcome to Attack of the
3: Killer Podcast. Yeah. And you too can get made fun of. I mean, (laughs) get your voicemail uh, played on the show. Give us a call, 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us your voicemail. We'll play it on the show. There may be commentary. There may not be. <laughs> and that is shout outs, but we're not done yet.
5: I feel like, uh, sorry if I may interject, I can't believe nobody vent- mentioned
2: Vampire Hunter D.
4: Oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah.
0: yeah
2: I, I, I don't think I've seen it. I've seen the cover. That's a classic.
3: It's a, it's a good one.
0: It, it is a good one, and it was on my list as well, but I, don't, I couldn't find it streaming
3: anywhere.
2: So. Well, part animation part three. Well, <laughs> coming up.
3: Yeah. And that's shout-outs. But we're not done yet. It's time to get over to Insane Mike. It's time for Insane's picks. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Insane's Picks, as we continue our journey of Insane's Picks films outside of the horror genre. So if you're not familiar, Insane's Picks are films that are cult films, bottom-of-the-barrel films, the weirdest of the weird, Z-grade films, and so on. Now, I love teen sex comedies of the 80s, even though I understand there's a lot of them that are kind of problematic nowadays, but I still love films like Revenge of the Nerds, Up the Creek, Porky, Zapped. However, with all of the raunchiness in these films, there are others within this this subgenre that are so low budget that they have to overcompensate the exploitation to make up for lack of production value. And no one knew this better than film director Richard Gabby and his film Virgin High from 1991. Virgin High is a direct-to-video sex comedy directed and starring Richard Gabby. He plays Jerry, the boyfriend of Christy, who is sent to Catholic school by her strict parents. Jerry tries to sneak into the school so they can have sex. And he tries to sneak into the school disguised as a priest. The film stars Richard Gabby, uh, Tracy Dolly, Linnea Quigley, and Burt Ward. That's right, Robin himself. He plays Christie's strict father that when Christie, in the beginning of the film, accidentally exposes her boobs right in front of her parents, he actually has the line, Holy Handful. Linnea Quigley plays plays Kathleen, the villain of the movie. She bullies and extorts money from all the girls and is new girl Christy's rival. Now, Linnea Quigley was 30 years old playing a high school girl in this film. Uh, The film is also known for the very first on-screen appearance of Leslie Mann, who plays quote-unquote squiggly girl. As 80s sleazy sex comedies go, it has a bit more of an innocent charm to it. Not saying it doesn't come off problematic in scenes uh, you know basically the male lead scams and manipulates and orders to try to have sex with christy and he's got two pervy friends that also try to sneak into the school and hoping of hooking up however jerry and christy never really do have sex and the other two nerds uh by the end of the film are more excited just to have attention from girls than worried about getting laid the part of the the sleaziest part of this movie is the opening scene where Christy is asleep in Jerry's car and he tries to unbutton her shirt. So that one's that one's a, a, a scene a, a little bit hard to get through. So, but if you can get past that, the rest of the film kind of comes off pretty innocent as far as teen sex comedies go. That is, so for this insanes pick, I say check out 1991's Virgin High. Fine, I will. Do it. And that is all that that, that that's all folks for another episode <laughs> of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. Uh, we also have uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, be sure to leave us reviews and stuff like that. And oh hey, join the cool kids and become an attacker by going to jointheattackers.com thanks everybody for listening hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and we will talk to you on the next episode of attack of the killer podcast see you then
3: oh no could this be the end of